You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Amen. Well, welcome, everybody. We're so glad you're here this evening. Praise God. So blessed and all of you that are watching. Uh, we've got something a little bit different tonight. Uh, my son, I still call him Pastor Adam, but uh, uh, that's okay. And uh, he has a unique opportunity. Uh, a group that he is connected with has asked him to do actually... Uh, several videos that are going to be showed to different uh, places all around the United States, teachings that he's going to do and training folks. So he's a lot like me. He, he likes to have folks. You know, we tried to do the camera thing, and we love all you that are watching. We do that, but we do a whole lot better when we're preaching to live folks, and you're getting blessed a lot better. So uh, I just told him, because he asked me about doing uh, us videoing it and doing some things. I said, well, why don't you just come? Let's get the first one. Let's kick it off big time and work together and, and, and get some others here. But this way here, hallelujah, you guys are going to be part of something nationwide, something good. Amen. And uh, you know how he does. He's, he's supposed to teach, but we know that's not going to happen. But we're believing for that. You know, we're going to try to help him. But uh, we also know, you know, the camera guys got us to be on their toes tonight. They can't be sleeping back there. You know, with me, they just said it. They go in, they drink their water, drink their coffee, and have a good time. But he bounces, so it's good stuff. So anyway, let's give a good, warm Harvest Bible Church welcome. Pastor Adam, Pastor Adam, come on up, man. I think you, ha- yeah, good. I was like, I didn't touch nothing, so I think you muted me. But uh, no, I, yeah, I greatly appreciate my father and Pastor Mark for helping me uh, <clears throat> with this because it was, you know, anytime somebody's asked you to video it, I don't have the latest and greatest iPhone. You know what I mean? So I was like stressing out on the video quality. So I was like, you know, could you, could you help me out? Um, so, and basically what it is <clears throat> that we're doing is there's, guys that are above me that are doing uh, basically spiritual warfare boot camps. And, uh, and so they gave us a list of, there's only a few of us that were selected, but then there was a, a list of uh, subject topics and different things. And so what I felt like the Lord really wanted me to just kind of share with you guys tonight and, and, and my part, um, the first one, is really talking about <clears throat> uh, forgiveness and repentance and how that works with, with you just being completely set free. Because most, when we, you know, when you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you know, the biggest thing that, that he's freeing you from is, is yourself. He's saying, hey, you're taking yourself to hell. <laughs> so through the foolishness of preaching, the Holy Ghost convicts your heart unto repentance. You know what I mean? And you saw how good God was because Jesus came to, to bridge the gap between us and him. He says, hey, you need to meet my father. He goes, you know, in the whole time he was here on the earth, he just kept saying, I'm pointing you to God the father. It's God, our heavenly father. You know, when it says in him, we live and move and have our being, you know, it it, it is talking about, you know, the redemptive work of Christ that we need to make sure that, that we let, you know, have its full and perfect work on the inside of us. But the scripture I want to start with tonight, and I'm, I'm, if you want to write them down, that's cool. I don't know if they'll have them up there or not, but one that really just that kind of <clears throat> hits home with, with, with everybody at some point <clears throat> because we all struggle with the fact that, you know, we can, a lot of times we can forgive others and we can, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, we're like, that's all, that's fine, that's fun, that's, that's a nice word and I think I'm operating in forgiveness. 
But the number one person who we really can't forgive is ourselves. And that's the door that's open that Satan loves to mess with you in your, in your mental capacities, meaning, you know, well, yeah, God would heal them and God wants to heal them. God wants to do this in their life, wants to help them make financial, but, but you, you've made these decisions and you know that, that, you know, that every, your life is a combination of, and the result of your decisions. You know, the fun thing is, is that I've been in extreme credit card debt because I was stupid. You know what I mean? And I've been, I've been able to, with the Lord, you know, we repented we're going to talk about that, forgiveness and repentance. And I repented, and, and then God gave me a design, and now we don't have those nasty credit card payments and interest, which the, you know, the, the word for interest is bite. So I'm not getting bit anymore. It's not like I have fleas, and I can't get rid of them, and I'm constantly scratching. You know what I mean? I mean, you think bite, oh, you know, no, getting bit by a dog or something, yeah, that's fine, you get stitches. I'm talking about those little annoying ones. That's what, you know, <laughs> if you've ever... If you've ever experienced that kind of a thing. Um, So in Romans chapter eight, verse one is kind of where I wanted to start. And he talks, this one's so powerful because he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And that's the biggest thing with, with forgiveness and repentance is that it's always, everything should point you towards God, our heavenly father. You know what I mean? That's what Christ said. It's, you know, it's through the cross. And the biggest thing in that is having that understanding that this all begins with forgiveness. You know what I mean? He said that I came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that word first, because the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The New Testament is written in Greek. All right. So the Old Testament, the Hebrew word uh, for forgiveness, and this is this is real important for us to understand because root words, uh, the way that the Hebrew is is put together, and then also Greek words is is they mean something totally different than than just our English language. So when we dissect them and we actually look at it through what the word actually means in the Hebrew and the Greek, it brings so much bigger of a greater revelation that helps us to get set free. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, that's the biggest thing is, is <clears throat> let me just calm down. I, I really don't want to preach. I'm, I hate time restraints and I was given a time restraint. <laughs> I, I hate them. But, uh, and this is also information, right? So the, the Hebrew word is, and I'm going to murder these words, so please forgive me on that, but it's S-A-L-A-H. So I would pronounce it Salah, uh, whether that's right or not, we'll see. Um, but it's the he- in Hebrew, it means forgiveness or to forgive. And this particular word actually appears 46 times in the Old Testament. And, uh, and no other Old Testament word means to forgive. And the cool thing is, is that God is always the subject of forgiveness. Amen. Anytime it's talked about forgiveness in, in the Old Testament, God is always the subject matter. All right. It's the forgiveness of our sins. Um, you know, uh, just real quick, just some examples. Um, if you want to, you know, pr- prove it out is when Moses interceded for Israel in Exodus, you know, as God wanted to kill them all and start over and Moses was interceding for them. Um, also it was used in reference to the animal sacrifices that were required each year, uh, <clears throat> for the, at- for the atonement for the sins of oneself and the family, it also is in the typology of the Old Testament. The sacrifice foreshadowed and it foreshadowed the accomplished work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right, everything in the Old Testament was a was a type and shadow for what was to come. It was so that when Christ showed up, you would recognize it, recognize Him, and accept Him as our as as the Messiah. All right, 
And that's the, the, the one thing that we have to come to terms with, even with the New Testament, is that there literally is no forgiveness without the shed blood. All right. In the Old Testament, they had to do the animal sacrifices. And then when Jesus came and died on the cross, it was through the blood and water flowed. He says that his blood was poured out onto the mercy seat as the once and final sacrifice for us. We're accepting that. Without that, you and I couldn't actually have a regenerated spirit. We couldn't have a connection with God. You know, and the funny and the and the the biggest fact of that is, is that we couldn't experience that that forgiveness. I mean, Hopefully you guys remember the day you got saved. Because the day you got saved, even if you were a child, for whatever reason, you felt like a million pounds was lifted off your chest. You felt light and easy. Why? Because that's what the scripture says. It says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know what I mean? It was something that was extremely freeing and you were forgiven from everything. You know, and then if you did get, as a child, we understand that, you know, there's times where we have to lay our lives down on, on 1 John 1, 9. Says that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins when we confess our sins to him, right? And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Those times of cleansing, we know when God restores us that it's just a, that that blessed assurance comes and takes over. Um, <clears throat> here's another cool thing: it says there's, there's no no forgiveness without the shed blood. Two examples, if you want to look at those up, to, you know where is he coming from? With this word uh, is is Leviticus four twenty and then Hebrews. 922, which I'm not going there. Um, but check this out. This word is also related to the phrase to pardon. All right? And that's a, cool, that's a cool factor right there when it comes to forgiveness and you accepting the forgiveness of God. You know, that he's like, I've, I've truly forgiven you and you need to forgive, forgive yourself. You need to pardon yourself. It means, you know, you did it, but some higher authority says it's no longer held to your account. You've been pardoned. All right? Which, which what that does is allow you, it, it, it frees you and gives you back your rights as far as to walk out and to, um, to receive the blessings that everybody else has. It puts you back on equal playing field. You know what I mean? That mean all my rights have all been restored. There's nothing holding me back from the blessings of God. Um, forgiveness in the Greek, whereas the New Testament is written, uh, originally, it's, it's a little bit more complex um, in, in, within what we're talking about, it's, it's A-P-H-E-S-I-S, which is a, I, I, who knows, I'm not going to try to pronounce that one, but it's a noun, okay? It denotes this, yeah, it denotes a dismissal, release, it also has multiple verb counterparts, but they all interchange from forgive, forgave, and forgiveness. And so the biggest thing that we want to talk just talks about, it denotes a dismissal or a release, and that's the cool thing, is that you're released. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's the sense, again, when, when, you, when the power and the presence of God comes upon you, there's always a release. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's, 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 the, the, why? Because he says, I'm here to break the yoke that's upon you. He says, my, you know, I'm here, any stronghold that you've, that you've literally welcomed into your life, he goes, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And that's what it is. It's a release of, of that anointing that... that the supernatural, all right? But, it all, but here's the biggest thing when we talk about uh, forgiveness and repentance is that we have to, because I've laid hands on people and the anointing and the power of God's got into them then it's come right back into me. And it's because they don't feel worthy. They don't feel like it's, you know, they sense the power of God and they're kind of excited and they hope it's stuck rather than actually having faith to receive 
and saying, you know what? This is mine. I am eligible because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Because I have, and I've forgiven myself. I've accepted what God has said about me and what God has done for me. And I'm not, I'm not accepting what I should have because God said I don't have to. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing is, is learning how to forgive ourselves. And then the cool thing is, is repentance is a, is, a, is, a, is a unique word that kind of, once you accept forgiveness and you forgive yourself, repentance is easy, but per, per, uh, repentance solidifies everything. Yes, amen. Repentance is the big deal. That's, that's where it's like, okay, it's completely solidified. It's over. This is a brand new thing. I'm a brand new thing. Um, you know, there's a story in the book of Acts, you know, uh, and like if we had more time, I would take you through all these stories. But in chapter eight, okay, there's a story in the book of Acts where a sorcerer named Simon, and what he did is he tried to buy the ability to lay hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit, you know, to see them uh, speak with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. He wanted to, when he saw that the apostles did this, he wanted to buy it so he could make money at it. All right. And, in, and there's, there's, in this particular story, if you want to go there, you're more than welcome to go with me because I'm going to talk to you about verses 20, uh, 21 and 22 and 23. But he says in Acts chapter 8, there's two key scriptures here that I want to you know, kind of look at, 23 and 22, but I'm going to start with 20. Peter said this to him, which is kind of interesting. He said, he says, your money perishes with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. And that's the funny thing, is that nothing, you know, money, just like money and our, and our time, gifts, and talents, nothing you do is going to be, be enough to purchase anything from God. God doesn't want, he's, this isn't a purchase agreement. He's saying this is a gift. He goes, just like forgiveness, forgiveness has to be received, and you have to be set free, and, and, and let me complete, and love you completely. You know what I mean? I mean, holy. I mean, I'm, and that's the biggest, that's why one of my favorite phrases is, is we're going to love the hell out of people. I love the hell out of you. And hopefully you're doing the same thing to me. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's important. <laughs> because that, that, well, if we look at it, you know, the, the, that, that nature is, is, it says, it says the foolishness is wrought up in the heart of a child and the rod of correction drives it far from him. You know what I mean? That foolishness is, is automatic. Yeah. It's you and I encouraging each other and holding each other accountable and, 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 and making sure that we're thinking right and talking right and acting right <laughs> to say, hey, narrow is the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey. You know, the path is narrow, but I'm going to make sure that you, you know, if we have to, you can walk in front of me and I'll kick you every once in a while. You know, but, <laughs> you know, we all have those friends. I may be that friend. I don't know. But anyways, all right. It says your money, pay, the money one, it says you have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Our heart always has, it's, everything's going to be a heart matter with you and the blessings of God. Yes. And that's, the, and I, again, I, I can't emphasize that enough is if you're saying, well, why aren't things working for me? It's a heart matter. Do you truly trust him? Do you truly believe? You know, I don't try this life. I've never tried to be a Christian. I, I, I am a Christian. And if things aren't working out, I go and fast and pray and find out where I'm missing it because God says, let, let God be true and every man be a liar. So I'm missing it somehow, somewhere. So let me get, you know what I mean? And my connection's not exactly as strong as it could be. So I, I, that's what I do. I set myself apart and through fair and fasting to make sure that I get correct. And then that's where God, it's like the operating table. That's where God starts to mess with you Amen. and get you corrected because he's tweaking you. 
I don't know, you know, now we have all the cell phones and everything, but I am old enough to understand the FM radio when we used to be, you know, driving. And if it wasn't, and if it wasn't stereo in the car, it was static. It was frustrating. You had to keep tweaking it. And then when you got it perfect, you're like, you're perfect. And then you tell all your friends, nobody dare touch that or you're walking. You know what I mean? And that's what prayer and fasting does. It gets you perfect. You know what I mean? It gets you right there. You know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing right. I'm hearing, it's clear. I know exactly what is being said to me and what I'm, what, what's happening in my life. You know, because those are the, the times, and I'm, I appreciate you guys pulling on me, but those are the times where you're going to be your own prophet. God's going to give you a scripture, going to give you something to decree and declare of your life, and you will watch it accomplish it whereunto he sends it, and it will never return unto him void. You know? All right. <clears throat> so, he also says, repent, therefore, of this, your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Verse 23 says, bound with bitterness and iniquity. Iniquity is literally injustice and unrighteousness. All right, unjustice. I don't know about you, but my personality, I have to have justice. Like, that's just one of the things that really irks me. So when it says here that, that, that part of this, the, 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 the unique spirit here that was connected with him, we're talking about being, you know, forgiveness and repentance, but still, it is, is that injustice and unrighteousness. And then in verse 22, I want to try to go through this real quick. It says, he told him how to be released, though. And that's kind of the cool thing. He says, you're bound with bitterness and iniquity. You know? I don't know about you, but if somebody told me I was bound by something, please don't walk away until you tell me how to get released. You know what I mean? Because you just identified the problem. Please bring me the solution. Um, He says, and he said this, he said, he told him how to be released though. In verse 22, he said, repent. He says, you need to repent. This word repent in Greek is spelled this way, M-E-T-A-N-O-E-O. It's a verb. And it means this, to perceive afterwards Always in, a new te- always in the New Testaments to mean this, to involve change for the better and amendment and always of repentance of sin. Amen. So it's an amendment in your life, meaning things have changed. Now we're going to do it a totally different way. Amen. You know what I mean? He says, and it's a repentance of sin. The cool thing here also is Webster's Dictionary defines repent this way, to turn from sin and dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life. So when you accepted Christ and you said, it's no longer I live with Christ, he lives in me. I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it your way, Lord, because the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. It says the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So I'm going to develop a relationship so that I can constantly be with you. <clears throat> you, you, you know what I mean? It says that, that I'm going to dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life, to feel regret or contrition, to change one's mind. All right. And then, and then, and that kind of, the Holy Spirit jumped me over, he said, with those definitions right there, he says, hey, check out Matthew chapter 26, when Jesus was instituting the communion practice that we still observe today. At this particular, you know, church, it, it, it's every, uh, the first Sunday of the month, it says, you know, and, and, or, and as you feel inspired, because uh, he says, you know, as you come together, he says, make sure that you do this in remembrance of me, I mean, keep, keep Christ the center of everything that you do. In verse 27, in that Matthew chapter 26, when Jesus, he said, then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. 
And this is an amazing word because remission here in the Greek is spelled this way. It's A-P-H-E-S-I-S. So, well, yeah, aphesis, I don't know, but which means a dismissal or release. Well, I like that. I like dismissal or release because that means it's a dismissal, you know what I mean, as far as from the consequences, and it's a release from, from the corresponding actions, meaning that because I didn't know, I was ignorant up until that point. Until, until truth came, I was ignorant in the way that I was living my life. And this is, why, this is why Satan wants to try, you know, he'll always come and try to get you to remember what you did and say, well, he can't forgive you. I know it's what the Bible says, but come on, you, you know, and he, he, this is why we know that we don't ever try to challenge uh, Satan to a battle of wits. Like it's, we don't live in our brain with him. Yes, you know, I mean, we've been taught this. We've been taught that literally, how did Jesus combat Satan? Through the word. It is written. Yes. It is written. It is written. And what does that mean? That means that you, because Satan knows the word of God. So somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God can be easily manipulated. But somebody who knows the heart of the Father, and, and, and actually the heart of the Father, the Father speaks to them through the word, because that's what he said. He said, I gave you my word to lead and guide you into all truth. But you have to catch the spirit behind the scripture. It's not just memorizing scripture. It's knowing. The apostle Paul said it this way. He said, I know in whom I believe. Who is it that forgave you? Who is it the one that's gonna, that, that when you repented, you dedicated your life to fully, fully living for him? Somebody who gave their life for you. You know what I mean? That's, that's, a, that's the, the, the easiest, the simplest thing for us to do is to be able to dedicate our life, our living life to live for him. You know, that's, that's one of the, as, as a man and as different things, like, well, I'll die for you. Yeah, but will you live for me? Will you live and follow Christ? Well, will you be able, like, like, will you walk alongside of me and my kids will be able to see that it's not, that, 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 that you know, everybody can live as a man or woman of God. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing. Can, you know, no weak links. Um, so here we go. Uh, so the way I wrote it here, submitted under a life dedicated to Christ, we operate from a new covenant, one that's actually found in Christ. This is, a, this is kind of the biggest thing with forgiveness and, and repentance is that you have to find yourself, find out who you are in Christ because you're new. All right, without jumping ahead. It says, in the Old Testament, they were always looking for the Messiah. And then in the New Testament, we, say, we see that through Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that we have the life and nature of Christ living and abiding on the inside of us every day. As soon as you accept Christ, it says that you believe in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. It says that through confession, you're saved. Amen. Why? Because you're saying what you believe. And it's funny, because the same way that you started is the same way that you'll finish. Yeah. Every single situation that you find yourself in, you will still have to come back to the basics of an understanding that I, that yes, I, I'm not, I'm not technically, I'm not worth anything technically, but God said that I am. In Ephesians chapter one, it talks about all about how he, how you were accepted, how you were adopted, especially if you read it in the, in the uh, Amplified version, which I, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But if you read it that way, I'm, I'm not going to read it, but I'm gonna, I wanted to encourage you to, to go through and check that out. Because when you start to see yourself the way that God sees you, you pray different. You act different. 
you understand that, it's, that, that God is wanting to work through you and to use you, and you get the benefits, the byproducts are the blessings of God. That's the biggest thing, is he's saying, who can I bless so that I can use? Amen. It's, not, it's not just bless, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, my name is Jimmy, I'll take all you'll give me. You know what I mean? God's looking for the, who's going to be the hands and feet. You know what I mean? That's the machine that's going to be well-oiled. You know what I mean? So, in, uh, <clears throat> you know, our Father, through Jesus Christ, literally quickened our spirits by making us the sons and daughters of God. You know, and here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and I kind of said this a little, quoted it, but it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is the biggest thing. This is what happens when you accept the forgiveness of God and you actually, you, you, and at the same time, there's that is, that regenerative work where you forgive yourself. And that's the biggest thing is that you have to actually accept that fact. You know what I mean? Why? Because then Satan can't hold that against you and there's nothing between you and God. Sin is what separates you from God. So the second that you repent, okay, and you, and you say, what, that's an amendment, that's a, that's a complete, you're turning. You're saying, okay, and true repentance means I don't do the same sin twice. True repentance means I'm done. It means that the next time I'm tempted to do the same thing that I already repented, I call on the grace of God. Yes. All right? And that's what he, I don't frustrate the grace of God. Why? Because what is grace? Grace is unmerited divine assistance. So we can't call on the grace of God and say, well, I keep sinning, but I'm covered by grace. No, that's garbage. That's the most asinine thinking I've ever heard in my life because you're telling me that you're sinning by the unmerited divine assistance of God? No, no, no. Unmerited divine assistance is if through grace are you saved, okay? So when I was transformed that day when I accepted Christ as the personal Lord and Savior, that same grace, that unmerited divine, anytime it says what? Who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So anytime that that temptation that, that, that comes and tries, I just call on the name of the Lord, and that supernatural strength keeps me, preserves me, so that I don't have to fight the condemnation. Because that's the biggest thing. We started with Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. If you're not in Christ Jesus, if you don't have a revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus, that is where the short circuit is. And that's why you're not experiencing the blessings of God to the extent that you need to be. It's all about who you are. That was, a, you know, because that was an interesting day when I found out that, you know, because other religions, they changed their name. They put their individual, you know, like, well, you used to be this, and now you're, now you're this. So in, in our case, if we were going to do the same thing, every single one of us would be, I'd be Jesus, Adam, and you'd be Jesus so-and-so, and G, you know what I mean? Why? Because we're identifying that that's who we are. That's, that's, that's who we live, move, and have our being in now. That's our, you know, that's how, because when, check this out. When you pray and you actually pray in faith, God sees you through the lens of Christ. He says, this person has been bought with a price. It's no longer they that live, but Christ who lives in them. Christ is decreeing and declaring something on the earth in faith. It must be responded to. It has to happen the way that it's being professed and proclaimed. Why? Because you're speaking by the spirit of God. It's a fun thing. It says in Romans chapter five, verses one and two, it says, therefore, having been justified 
by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's the biggest thing. You've been justified by your faith. There's, you know, you know what justified means? Just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. You've been justified by the grace of God. In Romans 5, 10 through 12, he says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. These two scriptures talk about through Christ. The access is through Christ. The fun thing is, is the, the great thing is, is through Christ we receive forgiveness and then operate in repentance. All right? In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, says this, For you are the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. All right? So now all of a sudden it says it's through Christ, but now we're in Christ. So it's through Christ to in Christ. All right. In Galatians chapter four, verse six says, and because you are the sons of God and God has set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. You know, you and I were literally adopted with full rights. Satan has no power over us. Everything we did is gone and washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the, that's the greatest thing. The greatest thing is, and I heard a story one time, and a guy was belly aching and crying, and, and, and telling God, you know, and, and what happened was, is he used to rob banks, and he drove by this one bank, and he just started crying, because he remembered, you know, the negative things that happened at it, and he said that God slapped him right there in his car, and he said, he said what are you talking about? He goes, God, you know I, I robbed that bank. He goes, I don't know, it's covered under the blood. He goes, I, the only way I remember it is if you bring it up. <laughs> Because once it's actually covered under the blood, it's done. That power is broken over your life. Don't let Satan mess with you anymore. You literally say that. You say, it's been washed by the blood. It's under the blood. It's done. You know? In Isaiah 1.18, it says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they were, are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And that's what I'm saying. It's covered under the blood. It washed you white as snow. You're done. You were, you were cleansed. It was a new slate. It was saying, hey, I, right now, God, I'm ready, willing, and able to do whatever it is that you've called me to do because you have empowered me. You have equipped me. You are the one that, that makes me, um, what's the word I'm looking for, that has validated me, I guess, that has uh, qualified. That's the word that I'm looking for. You know, because he never, you know, he qualifies the called. You're never, you don't ever feel qualified. You don't ever feel like I've arrived. I'm, I'm, I'm the man of the hour and it's time. For whatever reason, it just don't work that way. That's why the Bible says don't fear their faces. Don't fear the people. Because you still, because as a preacher, you want to hit a home run every single time you get up here. And that just don't happen. I mean, sometimes you guys just don't come ready and expecting. <laughs> Just kidding, but you know, <laughs> it's a two-way street, right? But the point, <laughs> it says, uh, here we go. 
you know, therefore, you and I have been empowered by God and the Holy Spirit through salvation to overcome the evil one. This is the biggest thing. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, he says this, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. The way that you overcome is by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. That's why he's constantly trying to get you to think about your past and why you're unworthy. Because if you talk to him about your actual testimony, your testimony, I don't give a crap what you did before Jesus, you met Jesus. You want me to think less about you? Well, then I guess we can talk. But the thing is, I want to know everything that God has done in your life from the day that you submitted to him and how he has restored your, your relationships, how he, he, he you know, healed your kids, how he brought everything back, how everything has just been supernaturally blessed ever since you committed your life to Christ. That's the testimony. The testimony is not the crap that I did before. The testimony is literally, this is how God's been moving in my life ever since that day. Satan, praise God for reminding me how much I have overcome and how much more God's going to do in my life. That's the biggest thing. Every thought, every one of those negative thoughts should should make you turn towards God and just give you an attitude of worship and thanksgiving. Say, man, I don't know why he was trying to remind me of that, but I am so thankful that I'm not in bondage anymore and that God is going to continue to take me from glory to glory and from faith to faith. I'm experiencing heaven on earth. Yeah. And here, we, I wrote it this way. Take a stand to glorify God in all that you do. And I want to encourage you to study the scriptures to show yourself approved. And this is the reason. So that when Satan comes with condemnation that could lead to temptation to doubt the grace of God, and you can, that you'll be able to trust that. Meaning that you'll, be able, you'll understand the scriptures. You'll be able to understand and rightly divide even when he's trying to twist them. That's the biggest thing, because when, when Satan ain't going to talk to you in context, <laughs> he's going to try and take it out of context, because he's going to try to get you to doubt the word of God. But you know, you're the, you're the sons and daughters of God. It says you know his voice. You understand when something's not right. You know what I mean? That's why you can even go to some meetings and some different things and go, something that what he's saying isn't right. It's just not right. It doesn't, it doesn't mesh with my spirit. It's not correct. Why? Because, you know, because you've been studying the scriptures and the word of God, you know how to rightly divide the truth. Every time Pastor Mark gets up here, he brings confirmation to me. God shows him things that I'm praying in my, prayer, in, my, in my secret prayer time with different questions that I may have. It's always confirmation. It's never new revelation where I'm like, oh gosh, you know what I mean? Why? Because I study to show myself approved. <clears throat> and he does too. So it's a, that's just a, this is a blessed, blessed place to, to be, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, amen. Let me see here. Uh, <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, and like this, uh, says this, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you were able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And this is something that, that, that some of you need to meditate on because you keep thinking, you keep slipping into the same thing. 
and you don't know why, and you're just being weak. I don't know how else to say it. You're flat out being weak, and you're not trusting God. You're frustrating the grace of God, and it's a dangerous place to be. Because he says, I will make a way out. Any person that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You call on, you say, Jesus, help me. He, you will watch. A door will open. A hole will open. <clears throat> you know, playing football as a, as a young kid, if you run the route, it does, well, it's, a, it's a middle. And they're, they're everybody, all the big guys are in the middle. If the play is done correctly, there'll be a hole by the time I get there. Amen. You know, and that's what God's saying. He said, it don't matter what it looks like. You call on the name of the Lord, you'll see that that hole will be open at the right time and you'll get to where you need to go. You'll get your 10 yards, you'll get your first down, and we'll, and we'll have a win. You know what I mean? Many wins get to a touchdown, get to heaven. All right? It says, um, in 2 Peter 2, verse 9, he says this, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. So if you're living godly, he knows how to deliver you out of those temptations. No, they, shouldn't, they won't be coming over and overtaking you. Freedom, forgiveness, and repentance starts at the understanding of Jesus as the Christ and accepting him as your Lord and Savior. And that's the biggest thing. You got to understand like, yeah, Jesus is my Lord. Praise the Lord. Is he, and he, he has to be your Savior and your Lord. And the biggest thing is if he's your Lord, then, he, then everything that you think, say, and do, your beliefs are governing what you think, say, and do, and they're in line with the word of God. Amen. Because that's what brings power. That's what breaks you know, these strongholds over your life. Um, and, and a couple, just a few more scriptures here. It says in Matthew chapter 16, and I'm starting with verse 13, just, just 13 through 9, it says, when Jesus came into the reason of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Doesn't matter what anybody else says. What do you believe? Who do you say? And Simon Peter answered, said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. He changes his name right there. And on this rock I will build my church, on this revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. He says, <clears throat> And I will give you the kings. He says, no, this is important. He says, on this rock will be my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. There's nobody more powerful than you if you're walking in Christ Amen. in your understanding. All right? It says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in, in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, it's funny, and I, and I love this. It says, nothing can come against you from experiencing heaven on earth and God, our Heavenly Father, views you through that lens of Christ. And that's the biggest thing is you, you need to see yourself the way God sees you. And I have this, just these two closing statements, and we're done here. It says, and this is the, the, what, I'm, what I'm encouraging you to do, is to renew your mind. And, I, and here's, here's how I was taught, so I'm just going to, I can only share with you the way that I was taught and the way that it worked for me, okay? Is that I suggest you do some word studies and in, 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 Use the King James Bible, because these are the words that I'm going to give you, these phrases, if you want to write them down or if you want to ask me for them later. But um, it says, and then cross-reference them with your favorite version. But I know, I know what this says in the King James, the New King James, and then I do, this is the way that I do it. 
uh, you know, are you saying King James only? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is, is that that's one of the original texts when it, you know, and I don't have time to talk about translations and transliterations, but the point is, is if, if you do this, you'll get the, you'll get the heart of God that I'm, what I'm trying to tell you. And then you'll be able to use other translations to get it rooted deeper in the inside of you. That's the biggest thing. Okay. And this is the way that the spirit of God told me to present it to you. So if you don't like it, cool. Talk to him, not me. So check it out. And here, here it is. Here's the phrases that will actually set you free and help you to understand how God sees you. You need to do a word study on the phrase in Christ. Do another word study on the phrase in him. Another word study on in the beloved. In the Lord. In whom. You've heard me quote that all night. In whom. Uh, one, one of those scriptures, one of my favorite. It's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. It's in whom, in whom I live and move and have my being. All right. But then another one is by Christ, by him, by himself, by his blood, by whom, from whom, of Christ, of him, through Christ, through him, with Christ, with him, by me, in my love, and then the last one is in his name. These right here, if you do these simple word phrases and you actually, I mean, it's kind of amazing because we all have Bible Gateway and version and all that. So Google, we could actually just type these in Google. And if you just put, if you just literally put in Christ scriptures, it'll bring up everyone in all the different translations. I mean, it's so easy now. I mean, my, when I first got in the ministry, you know, you're always broke as a joke. My dad had to buy me a, a $100 book to, to the Strong's Concordance, how to, you know, and teach you, you know, they taught me how to use it in school. But the point is, is that we had to have these expensive books and understand how to put everything together and find what we needed. Now Google's made it super easy. You know, you're struggling with, with, with forgiveness. You type in forgiveness in the scriptures. And it brings up every scripture that says that. And then you say, forgive. And you say this. And you say, it's an amazing thing. You just get set free. It's a, you know, God's made it you know, <clears throat> super simple for you to get the information. All right, let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to present this information tonight, Father. I hope that it hit the, their hearts, Father, and that you were able to open their eyes of their understanding, Lord. I ask that, Father, you just, as they pursue you in this understanding, because my, my heart's desire is that nobody, that, that Satan isn't able to keep people ignorant. And that's the biggest thing, Father, and make them feel like they're ineligible or unqualified to receive the blessings of God, because, look, God, you gave the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus, we appreciate the fact that you came to the earth and died on the cross for us, for our sins, so that we could actually have a relationship with God, our heavenly father. And I thank you that you didn't lead it that you didn't leave us, you know, just, just, just helpless, but you sent God, the Holy Spirit, down to comfort and to guide us and to lead us into all truth. And I thank you, Father, for that. I give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise right now, Father, that you bring these things back to our remembrance. I thank you, Father, that you just, I ask that every single person that hears this message is encouraged and just, and Father, that you just cause them to, 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 to get hungry for the things of God and to find out who they are in Christ, find out how you see them so that they can get the revelation that they need to be able to go and do great and mighty exploits in your name. <clears throat> in Jesus' name, I ask amen and amen. If, there, if there's anybody in this room <clears throat> that you don't, uh, you know, that you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you, you, you know, 
Basically, you say, I don't understand that forgiveness. I don't understand. I always feel bad about who I am. I hate me. I just kind of came here tonight because it, some, it makes me feel good or, or I don't even know why. I don't know why. You know, I've met individuals that that gone to church for years sometimes and like, I just go because I don't even know why. You know, they can't even articulate why. And then that one day when they finally understand why, it's because they submit themselves and they say, you know what? I'm going to let, I'm going to let God do a supernatural work on the inside of me. I'm going to, I'm going to commit my life to him. The light bulb comes on. If anything that I said tonight made you consider saying, you know what? This is what I need. This is what I've been looking for. And that's you. And you say, pastor or preacher, I want, would, could, would, you, would you mind praying with me? Yeah, I'd love to. And, and everybody else is like, you're not going to ask us about our head or close our eyes? No, because I have a unique, I read the Bible very uh, <clears throat> kind of, you know, violent man of God, basically. The Bible says this. It says that if, <laughs> if you deny me before man, I'm going to deny you before my father. Yeah. And this analogy always works for me. Because, you know, I don't love money, but I like it. You know, I love God. And if you said, hey, everybody, you know, first person that gets up here is getting 100 bucks, I'm going to beat you to it. I'm going to push you on the ground. I'm going to get there. You know what I mean? And what we're offering tonight is something way more valuable than gold. You could be made right with God. Your Heavenly Father, you can, you can start to experience a level of freedom that you have only imagined so if there's anybody in this room, you say, Pastor, let's pray. I need you to raise your hand. I want you to stand up. I want you to say, that's me, and I want it. I want it now. I congratulate you, because that's what it takes. Why don't you go ahead and come on down? You're, you're a woman, so would you mind? You're the you're pastor here. So <laughs> Just, we're going to get saved, or ask her. So I don't know. Whatever, whatever the spirit of God is telling you. I mean, we can, we can. But I was, I felt led since, like I said, I felt led to connect you. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't know if there was a, a, a uh, and that's the one. That's the other thing that's kind of unique with the way that the Lord. He, and this, I, I can only do what the Lord tells me to do. You know what I mean? I felt, I felt led to 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 give the invitation the way that I that I did and the way that I do. And I don't know if there's a gentleman in this room that that literally we need to talk. All right. But when it comes to women, the way that we've been raised and the way we've been taught is that men minister to men, women minister to women. She's the covering of the church. And then the Lord told me as soon as she stood up, I knew that Pastor Pam was supposed to pray with her and help her get free from whatever it is that's going on in her life. All right. And that's also submission and authority. This isn't my church. This is their church. You know what I mean? So I'm going to connect them with the individual who's going to teach them and lead them and guide them for the rest of their life. All right? But again, if there's anybody else that you say, I've been struggling. I've been struggling and I'm still struggling and I'm waiting for you to shut up because I want to run out of here. And if that's you, (laughs) this is your last chance. I'll deal with it and I'll help you. (laughs) So is there anybody else that needs to stand up and wants wants us to to pray for them? All right, we're going to go ahead and give it back over to Pastor Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.